This is Influence Her, I'm Megan Baker. Joining me today for this episode is Andrea Como. She is one of my absolutely <laughs> favorite people uh, in the Capital Region. She's an ovarian cancer survivor and an advocate. Let's dive right into your journey. Yeah. Tell us how uh, you became an advocate. Sure, um, so actually back in 2007, um, I started having just symptoms probably that a lot of women have that you don't think about, but for myself, I had always been a person to um, journal, and I had noticed that three consecutive months in a row, I had the same symptoms of bloating, nausea, um, frequency of having to go to the restroom. It was just more of an annoyance. So three months in a row, I kept going to the doctors. Like I knew something was not right when they say, like, listen to your intuition. And um, luckily for me, I did have a lot of pain and that pain um, brought me to the emergency room and um, they told me they thought it was a cyst on my ovaries and that I had to have um, surgery to remove it. So again, they, when they went in to remove the cyst, they found my cancer, which was underneath the cyst. So I was diagnosed with stage two ovarian cancer in March of 2007. What was treatment like for you, and what was that road like for you? Um, you know, I, again, because I did listen to the signs, I had to have a full hysterectomy at the time, and I had to go through radiation, but I didn't have to go through chemo, so um, my doctor called me the lucky one, truly, because um, I listened to the early signs. So the treatment process, it was more of um, probably just a reflection of what could have been mm -hmm. if I didn't listen. Um, so, you know, although it was difficult, I know people have been through obviously so much more. So that's why I really wanted to be a voice so women can listen to the signs of their body and hopefully, you know, have the outcome that I've been blessed to have. How important is early detection? It's, it's truly, it's the answer. I mean, like I said, I always journaled even when I was younger. I had gone through a lot of infertility, so that was kind of my way of paying attention to my body. Um, but it's... You know, we don't have um, a mammogram. You know, we right. don't have any screening. So really listening to your body is key. If you could share one piece of advice um, to a young woman who's maybe just getting a diagnosis um, that she has ovarian cancer, what would that be? Um, I'm part of an amazing group. It's survivors teaching students and um, new patients who are recently diagnosed. And, you know, I really want to give them hope. I want to give them, um, you know, to be able to listen to their voice and understand that it's going to be difficult, but each day to find a new purpose to wake up to. So whether that's, you know, surrounding yourself with positive people in your life, um, the importance of eating healthy, meditation, you know, finding like your life is going to be different, but you can make it great. And if you keep positive things in your life, um, I feel like that is a key part of the recovery. How big is your support system and how instrumental is it in, in your recovery and oh, your advocacy today? Yeah, oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I had an awesome support system with um, my husband and my children were little at the time. I have three sisters and my parents. That was great. And I had a lot of positive energy around me. And when I was done with my treatment, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a voice for ovarian cancer. Even though I never felt comfortable, like when I was younger speaking in front of a group, I felt like I was given um, the gift of health 
and I wanted to be able to be there for people. So I'm on a list where people are recently diagnosed. They call me and a lot of times I just listen. I don't say anything, but they want somebody who has a similar path and feels that they understand. You know, I follow you on social media. Um, I see that you are out there quite often um, in the national spotlight too. Tell us a little bit about those experiences. Yeah, um, it's been great because I wanted ovarian cancer um, to be more than, you know, just something that you read about statistics on a piece of paper. So I started um, a year after I was done with my treatment, I started everything from yoga classes to spin classes to anybody who would let me talk and share my story to raise awareness. And I raised a lot of funds and I got recognized by um, OCRF, the national level out of New York City. Um, I went to the Hamptons for an event like with Kelly Ripa and doing Super Saturday out in the Hamptons. So it's, you know, because my story was something of um, listening to symptoms, because they used to say it was a silent killer, mm -hmm. that there were no symptoms. And I wanted people to know that there are definitely symptoms that you can listen to. So um, I feel like I've been able to be a voice to help a lot of people. Do you think there's enough attention being placed on ovarian cancer? We see a lot with breast cancer. Is there enough being done uh, for ovarian cancer? I mean, each year it's more and more like I feel like it's, you know, if I mention ovarian cancer, mm -hmm. or like September is um, actually ovarian cancer awareness month and teal is our color. Um, but I definitely feel like we need to have more of a voice. Do you have any other passions and, and things that you feel very strongly about outside of, of your advocacy work that you're doing on behalf of ovarian cancer research and yes. awareness? Um, actually, I recently been part of, it's called Quest for Grace. It's a program out of Schenectady for foster children. Oh, I get all choked up about this, sorry. Um, but it's the most amazing organization and um, they help about a thousand foster kids, you don't even realize, in our own um, community. And um, the woman, Michelle, who started it is just amazing. So she turned this old um, building where the priests used to live into a store and foster kids can go through and have the experience of shopping for their own things. I didn't even, I, didn't <laughs> I, even, I wasn't even aware that that, that was around yeah. and existed. It is, it's, it's amazing. So, um, that's you remarkable. Know, so I'll do, you know, different charity things with her and get donations and just bring awareness to anything with kids, right? Pulls right at our heart. What would you say about this community? You know, talking about advocacy and, um, the nonprofits in this area, do you see the community as being, um, open and, and really embracing, um, work such as what you're doing? Yeah, um, our community is amazing. Honestly, like anytime, like whether it's for ovarian cancer or now with um, Quest for Grace, people are so genuine and just want to give back. And I feel like, you know, no matter what people's means are, to be able to do what you can within your means, like never think like just donating a pair of pajamas or helping me pass out like teal mm -hmm. bands is like nothing, it matters. Like a little bit of everything can definitely make a difference in our world and our area is really amazing people. You have deep roots in this community. Do you see yourself staying here long-term? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> this is our home. <laughs> I went to Russell Sage College. Like a lot of my friends from college stayed in the area, my parents and two of my three sisters live in the area and this is definitely our home. Looking five years out from now, um, where do you see yourself and, and what is your hope when, um, when dealing with ovarian cancer? Um, I definitely see myself, um, well, enjoying my husband and my kids, will be a little bit older. 
Um, but I see myself really with just a sense of accomplishment with bringing awareness to our community and that it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger where I feel like people will understand more about ovarian cancer. I feel like I want to bring like peace and comfort, you know, to anybody that I can like just I think of the word hope. I just want when somebody is diagnosed, I want them to feel like, you know, I can be a voice for them just to listen and I just want our community to know that there's a lot of great people here to help them. So I hope that continues to grow. Well, you're definitely an inspiration to <laughs> oh, us all. You really are. You're a you, remarkable young woman. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to go to our Baker's Dozen, which is 13 rapid-fire questions. Okay. Smile and laugh. <laughs> um, and it's just short answers, so okay. short one or two word answers. So we will begin with that. Uh, number one, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Um, I would definitely have to say Oprah. I feel like for somebody who, um, you know, she is a big voice. And I feel like she's made a lot of difference and she probably doesn't have to do a lot of the things that she does, but I feel like she makes a big difference in our world. She's had an amazing career. Right. Go-to self-care product. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, do you have to pick Go just to one? Yeah, <laughs> right. Go-to self-care product. Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would definitely have to say my vitamin C serum. <laughs> Love it. I'm right there with you. Best item in your closet right now. Oh, Jimmy Choo's. <laughs> <laughs> Next vacation spot? Um, Naples, Florida. Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> Best gift you've ever received thus far? Mm. I'd have to say my gift of health. What would your spirit animal be? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Probably a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Current song that you're obsessed with? Oh my goodness, Imagine Dragons, Natural. Love that one too. <laughs> do you believe in love at first sight? I do. If you had three wishes, what would your first wish be? Mm, peace. Especially in this climate today. <laughs> Amen. Right. If you could fix anything in life, what would it be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look, I get choked up again. Every child has a home. <laughs> That's heartfelt. So this next question is from our last guest, Rosalind Kardish. She is um, the director with the United Way of the Greater Capital Region. And her question is, do you prefer red or white wine? Red. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the final question. Okay. You get to ask it for our next guest, and we can't t tell you who that's going to be. Oh, what question to ask them? Mm -hmm. um, what brings you peace? That's a great question. Andrea, it's definitely been a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending oh, time with us. And it was great seeing me. you, great having you here, and uh, continue to do the, the great work that you do. Again, you're, you've been really an inspiration to so many people here. Okay. And thank, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you.